Welcome to the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show, where we'll postulate the survivalist movement and tear open the condition that is a prepper mindset. We'll talk about gear, guns, packs, and kits, and everything in between. We can uncork our favorite bottle of conspiracy theories and enjoy that Kool-Aid together. So post up with me. I am your host, Camel Key. But first, we rock. This is the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show, and I'm your host, Camel Keith. We want to welcome all of you for joining us tonight. For questions and comments on show topics, past or future, contact us at shtf at offgridtx.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, so don't be shy. Reach out to us anytime, shtf at offgridtx.com. Please visit the Off-Grid Texas website and let us help you find the right path to preparedness. And as always, the OGTX team thanks you for your support. Visit the site by going to offgridtx.com. That's offgridtx.com. Preppers, survivalists, off-gridders, homesteaders, and the like. Thank you guys so much for being part of the show this evening. I hope everyone is doing great, staying healthy and happy and prepped. My prepper brothers and sisters, are you a lone prepper? A solitary SHTF specialist? A solo zombie-killing epoch aficionado? Not smart. Not good in most cases. Tonight, let's talk about prepper groups. Let's see if joining or creating a prepper group is the right move for you. But first, as usual, some prepper news to keep you informed. First up in news, Elon Musk has had enough with California. He has announced that he is moving the Tesla plant to the Austin area of Texas. In the USA, the construction site for the Tesla factory in Texas is progressing at a phenomenal speed. Foundation work can begin shortly as the first pile drivers have already arrived on site. There's a YouTube video from Jeff Roberts that shows how fast the site is progressing. The Cybertruck, the Tesla Semi, the new Roadster, Model 3 for North America, and Model Y will all be produced at the Giga Texas plant when it is completed. And of course, Factory Day is coming up soon, and it will surprise people how much there is to see, said CEO Elon Musk. Two other locations in Texas are being planned for other Musk facilities. There's talk of SpaceX coming to Texas as well. Now, wouldn't that be cool? Next up, we head to the UK. Police in London clashed with protesters last Saturday at the rally against coronavirus restrictions, even as the mayor warned that it was increasingly likely that the British capital would soon need to introduce tighter rules to curb a sharp rise in infections. Scuffles broke out as police moved in to disperse hundreds of demonstrators who gathered in London's central square. Some protesters formed blockades to stop officers from making arrests and traffic was brought to a halt in the busy area. In the U.S., protesters returned to the streets of Portland, Oregon, Friday night after wildfires that had effectively suspended the demonstrations cleared from the area. 
police said in a statement early Saturday morning that an unlawful assembly was declared and that members of the demonstration were engaged in criminal activity, including throwing items at officers. Initial photos showed that smoke was used to disperse the crowd and it appeared that the law enforcement deployed tear gas. The Portland Police Department is banned from using the chemical agent, though federal officers in the area are not subjected to such prohibition. That's going to be it for Prepper News. Tonight we discuss Prepper Groups. Should we join a group? Should we start a group? It's important to know what you're getting into and why it's so important to stay connected to fellow like-minded individuals. So let's talk about it. This is the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show, and I'm your host, Camel Keith. If you have any questions or comments on show topics, past or future, contact us through Facebook at Offgrid Texas or email us at shtf at offgridtx.com. My Prepper brothers and sisters, guys, again, thank you so much for being awesome listeners and subscribers to the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show. It means a lot to us that we get to spend this time with you. We're always here for you, so reach out anytime. What you got going on over there? Want to say hi? <laughs> hey, prepper people. So uh, Rhonda's with us tonight again. Just listening to the news. Well, let's go with this. A long time ago on a wooded piece of land, far, far away, actually right here in Texas, a group of preppers, 26 strong, got together to camp out for a few days, get to know each other better. They brought with them their best survival gear, gung-ho attitude, and had their game faces ready to show off their best outdoorsy survival skills. Because this was to be their first overnighter in the woods with each other as a prepper group, they all knew it was game time. Proof is in the pudding, as the saying goes. As shelters and tents and hammocks popped up like tiny islands throughout the heavily wooded parcel of land, it became clear as the day signs of survival ingenuity and prepper individuality were abundant. Everyone had something to offer to the newly created prepper group. There was a leader, the creator and organizer of the group, a black guy in his 40s, and of course his wife and kids were involved. More than a few dozen other folks from all walks of life, colors, creed, and varying ages. A school teacher, an electrician, several ex-military types from the Army, Marines, and Air Force with all various talents in security, planning, firearms, and medical. There were more than enough business professionals with specialties in finance, sales, and middle management. Most of these folks had some experience in carpentry and plumbing and building. They even had a professional chef and a military-trained mess cook with his own portable, fully-equipped kitchen. You can say with complete confidence that this prepper survivalist group had everything needed to successfully thrive through the zombie apocalypse. A three-day camping excursion deep in the woods of East Texas, child's play. You might be surprised to hear that this prepper survivalist group lasted less than a year. The first incarnation of the group got around to about day 90, three months. Then the genius decision was made to 86 the leader, a few lazy asses, and the remaining stragglers. They whittled the group down to a lean baker's dozen and marched on for another eight or nine months until they just fizzled out. Now, how could a group of highly specialized, intelligent, successful, talented, and gear-equipped 
prepper survivalists fall apart in such a short time? Well, I can tell you exactly how it happened because I was one of them. I was a member of this group from day one. And I can tell you how this prepper survivalist group failed in one word, chemistry. That's right, chemistry. The ability for individuals to bond together in one common goal has very little to do with how much talent or experience uh, or gear that you have. Having assets like food, skills, and guns to bring to the table is essential for forming a prepper group. Absolutely necessary. But if the members can't get along with each other, none of that matters. So what do you think, Rhonda? Does that story ring a bell to you? Does that sound like something that could happen? I think that's a common occurrence in all kinds of groups, actually. Yeah, not just prepper groups. Mm-hmm. So Everybody's excited at first, and then when you spend a lot of time together, you realize that you're a little bit more different than you first thought. And that is exactly what happens. You know, that you know, I was a musician for a lot of years back in my younger days, and I was in lots of rock bands. Uh, played a few clubs, did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It was fun. And I can tell you right now, we broke up pretty much all the time. You would create a band and you would break up. Then you would create another band and somebody would quit or somebody would get kicked out. It's just constantly like that. And prepper group is really the same. It's the same kind of thing. You basically have to be able to be family with these people. Let's start with the why. Okay, why join or create a prepper group? What do you think, Rhonda? When you have a group of people all come together and share their skills and knowledge, it just makes life easier and it makes uh, situations more easy to deal with. Uh, I mean, we do it all the time. You just don't know it. I mean, what do you? What, what's a company? A company is a group of people, you know, on the same path to accomplish one type of a goal. A get church. Somewhere. A church. Yeah, exactly. So, why join or create a prep group? Okay, well, we start by mentioning that. We're talking about long-term SHTF, a total collapse of society situation. You know, it lasts more than a few months, uh, possibly indefinitely. Keep the mindset that preparing for the worst means that any short-term SHTF is a cakewalk. When we prepare ourselves for a total collapse situation, we are 100% prepared for things like natural disasters, like hurricanes and earthquakes, long, brutal winters, droughts, floods, wildfires. When we prepare for worst-case scenarios in long-term situations, we are 100% prepared for things like economical collapse, pandemics like the COVID-19, job loss, power outages, civil unrest, uh, maybe even a civil war, which could actually turn into a long-term event. Joining or creating a prepper group, a support group, Uh, A group of like-minded individuals is the only way to successfully survive long-term SHTF. We've talked about this before. We've said it before lots of times. Okay, the lone survivor mindset does not work. It doesn't work, folks. Okay, you've seen it on TV. So even on the, the big screen, the alone survivalist has a very difficult time long-term. You know, short term is fine. Most beginner level preppers can survive a few days, even you know, even a few weeks alone. Uh, Mid level preppers, uh, a few months. Experienced survivalists, maybe even a few years. But at what cost? You know, after just a few months of being alone, our minds get twisted. Uh, mental health becomes a huge factor, and survival is definitely compromised. 
Human beings are social creatures. We're pack animals. Our minds, bodies, and souls need human interaction, physical contact, mental stimulation from others. Okay, that's what keeps us moving forward every day. No one individual can know everything. You know, they no one individual has every talent and every skill needed for long-term survival. This is why we need people. Um, no one individual can multitask every situation long-term. Everyone needs a helping hand at some point. And think about that, everybody. That's why we have phrases like, in sickness and in health. Together we stand, divided we fall, band of brothers. The goal of long-term survival must have a plan that includes banding together to start a community. This is the why part of the show. Okay, now let's talk about the how. This is a bit more difficult. It doesn't have to be, but it can be more difficult. It's got a lot it's got a lot of uh, moving parts. Now, first of all, guys, you need to decide if you want to join an existing prepper group or create your own prepper group. Joining a group is by far the easiest way. You can look for one of the many prepper groups out there online, contact them, get vetted and joined up. If you don't think that they're a good fit for you, you can just quit. Simple as that. No harm done. And you can stay in contact with them. Many prepper groups network with other groups for assistance. So, you know, don't leave a group on bad terms. Burning bridges in the prepper world is almost never a good idea. So, how do you find an existing prepper group? Well, I have lots of stuff about that. Yeah, that's what I I figured, yeah. So, ways of finding existing prepper groups. I've got a couple of ideas of my own. What do you got? Well, I, I think you should start out small. With social media groups um, like Meetup, for instance, or Reddit even. Um, those are completely different types of social networks. Reddit is strictly online. You just uh, go onto the website and share your ideas and gather information from other folks that are like-minded. Where Meetup, you actually end up meeting people in person. Yeah, Meetup is, uh, is how I found my first prepper group. And from there, you know, kicking people out and, and bringing people in, we created the, uh, the second. Nice. That was my text. Again, did I not turn the volume off? I guess I didn't. Sorry about that, guys. So, yeah, Meetup was, I don't know anything about Reddit. Uh, I, I know the, the name. I've seen it on, you know, ads and stuff. But I don't, what is Reddit exactly? It's is that like a, Facebook or something? It's not. No, you don't have like a news feed like Facebook, so to speak. It's hundreds of thousands of people that just connect online. You ask questions, post content, and people interact with your thread and provide feedback and give you ratings and so forth. It's really a place to share information. Okay. So you get voted up or down on your oh, post also on okay. your knowledge level. So, so there's a way to keep up with um you know, what's accurate and what's not by the voting. By the voting. So uh, social conduct? I mean, what are we talking about here? Like you get uh, points, you get, uh, get graded voted for... Voted on whether it's valuable or not. Oh, okay. So give me an example of something that you would find on Reddit. Well, the example I found on Reddit was what types of skills would you need to be able to offer to a prepper group if you were thinking of joining one? Okay, and was this a prepper group that put this out there, or is this just some... It was an individual um, posting that yeah. uh, as a prompt to, to, you know, to prompt people to think about it. Uh-huh. Did anybody chime in? Oh, yeah. There's lots of answers. Well, let me, let me hear some of them. What did they say? Security, supplies. You know, you want to have, you want to be able to trade or provide supplies. Um, scavenging, hunting, farming. 
sanitation, medical, those are really common ones. Maintenance, the one that uh, was a little bit less common was arbitration, but you never thought about that. What's arbitration? Like uh, mediation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, hunter, I already said that. Hunters. Cooks is a good one. Yeah, arbitration. That's probably Guards, a good one. Guards, lookouts. Actually. Yeah, mm, security. So all these are people that have chimed in on it? Yeah. Maybe I should get on Reddit. I got some, probably I, should. I got some pretty big opinions about stuff. <laughs> That'd be a great place for you. <laughs> I might piss some people off, though. I don't know. You would get voted down. <laughs> what? What about this? What about that? Please and thank you, ma'am, or what? Would that have to be really nice to people? No. I've seen some pretty foul language on there. <laughs> Good. I love it. I'm getting on Reddit. I'm doing it. I'm going to get me an account right away. I'm going to do it. Well, what else? I've, I've started smaller than uh, that or smaller than meetup anyway I'm not brave enough to do meetup Facebook is a good one because you can look for the area of interest that's more specific um, I like to put in keywords in Facebook like homesteading preparedness survival skills survival medicine herbalist whatever your thing is yeah put it in the search bar okay. you'll find some groups that um, I don't know hundreds of groups will appear. You can browse those and join, share information with others. Some of them are area specific. So I found one called Patriots of Texas that I like. Okay. So when you say join, you mean join their Facebook group? You join their group. So then you their posts appear in your newsfeed on Facebook and you can share information back and forth. And I've learned a lot through these people. Um, some of them ask questions before they'll allow you to be a member. So they may ask you. They vet. That's smart. Yeah. Do you support the Second Amendment? They'll ask you questions like that to mm-hmm. see if you're um, serious. So, okay. But when you say group, you're saying it's a Facebook group. This is not a group that meets actually in person and they go no. out and, okay. No, right. it's online only. So at some point, if you want to, if in order for this to be. Okay. Well, not to say they don't ever meet up in person. I'm sure there are some people that meet in these groups that do live in the same area and end up meeting. Oh, okay. Uh, some of them are area specific. You can find wise county groups or you right. know, whatever county you live in. So meetup is the opposite of that. Meetup is actually meeting up. That's why it's called meetup. It's actually right. meeting up in person. <laughs> so right. you... And it's very, very simple. You said you didn't have the guts for it or whatever. You, it's very, very simple. You just go on there. You do the same thing you just said. You uh, browse or you put in some keywords. Uh, groups will pop up. Let's say you want to have a group for hiking, okay? And you put in hiking in Texas, okay? And then all these hiking groups that, have, that are in Texas will come up. And you read through them, look at them, see what their, what their motto is or what they do. And whichever ones you like, or maybe you like all of them, you click the join button. And then you hear back from them. Usually, uh, there's like a questionnaire that they give you. It's computer-based, and you click the buttons and all the stuff, and it gets back. And then they come back to you, and they say, okay, you're in the group. That's it. Now you're in the group. Now, once you're in the group, then you start seeing the calendar. And the calendar says, we're meeting up. Okay, we're meeting up. It's meet up. We're meeting up at this such and such place on this date at this time. Who's interested? And then people start clicking yes or no, and you know down the line. And when that time comes, everybody goes and they meet up, and it's as simple as that. Sometimes you have brand new people. Sometimes you have the same people. There's a uh, a group organizer uh, who you know organizes everything, and they're the ones who are in charge. Um, for the organizer, it is a paid service. They have to pay to have the meetup group. 
think it's like 20 something dollars a month or, or whatever. And once you have a group and you start meeting up, you know, you, you take donations. You go, hey, give me a buck here. I think there's even a button now where you click on it and you can actually, you know, pay a dollar or two right there online to the organizer. So this way it helps them pay for the pay for it as well. Uh, I was the organizer of my meetup group. So, you know, I didn't ask anybody for money. I just did it. And the re- only reason why I joined, I started the meetup group was to make a prepper survivalist group. Once I did that, I canceled the actual meetup group. You know, once I got my group together, I didn't need meetup anymore. So that's how meetup works. I actually did meet up once for an improv group. Cool. <laughs> improv, like for what? Getting on stage? For, uh, yeah, speaking off the cuff, um, coming up with creative things to say at the spur of the moment. You can tell I probably should have continued going. <laughs> I was about to say, it how was, come you don't have your own podcast by now? It was now? terrifying. I only went once and I never went back. <laughs> yeah, terrifying. Incredibly terrifying. I'm not getting up on stage in front of people and be like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? What, you got to sing a song or something? No, they ask you to to uh, act out a story like they'll give you a topic. Um, I think mine was uh, um, rescuing someone. So, of course, I you know, acted out aliens invading and me rescuing them. Cool. <laughs> rescuing someone. Okay, but, so you know Meetup. Uh, yeah, it was fun, but it was, like I said, I didn't have the balls to go back. My first Meetup groups that I joined were, don't laugh, they were um, paranormal groups. I joined two <laughs> ghost hunting groups and went on two ghost hunting events, you know, where we all went to this, uh, you know, these, these places and we looked for ghosts and it was freaking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see no go. I'm, I'll tell you what I did do though. I had a lot of fun scaring the crap out of people. I, I, would, be I like, would go just for that. I was, I was like, did you hear that? Did you see that? I saw something over there, but I didn't hear anything or see anything, but, uh, I mean, it was fun scaring the crap out of people. Some of them were very serious. You know, you got to be serious when you're doing this, and this is how you use the, the equipment properly, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, whatever. But it was fun. One last thing I wanted to say about the Facebook groups is that they have mediators um, that monitor the groups. So they watch to make sure people aren't in there trying to sell stuff. Oh, yeah. They make sure there's nobody in there spreading hate or, you know, fear mongering, things like that. So they have rules you have to follow, and they do police it. Right. Um, do you find anything else besides Meetup or Facebook where people are meeting up for prepping? Yeah, there's some other networks online um, that are a little more serious. Some of them, I would say, are probably even anti-social media for, you know, gray man reasons. Right. One of them's called MyMilitia.com, which I thought was, it sounds kind of scary, but if you go to the website, it's really cool. It's for, um, it's for American patriots. Okay. Right? So yeah. you put in your area code and you can find people that are near you. They have blogs, resources, a calendar of events. The website is just packed full of stuff to explore. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the word militia. A lot of other people do, but I do not. If you just type in Google preparedness group in whatever state you're in, yeah. you'll find some. Mm-hmm. I, I saw once, I'm not sure if it even went anywhere, but I saw there was a, uh, a prepper dating site. Like, you know how they have dating sites where you meet people? Is that where you find woodsy women? I guess. Swipe left, swipe <laughs> swipe right kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, they had one. I, I heard about it when I was listening to George Norrie on Coast to Coast AM, and he was, uh, it was one of his ads that he was pushing. It was called uh, PrepperDating.com. I'm not sure what it was, but it was, it was interesting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, why not? Why not? Can't say what <laughs> you I was remember thinking, that guy? Anyway. On, 
You remember that guy on uh, Alone, the show Alone? Remember the one with the woodsy woman? Yeah, he was he was a guy who had like, he had some property and he was living in a tent and other stuff. And he put in I guess an ad out or something. I'm not sure how he did it, but he hooked up with a woodsy woman. He said he said he put an ad out looking for a woodsy woman, and he found a woodsy woman, and she was pretty and smart and good at what she does. And they eventually had kids, and now they're together, living in the woods. And he's the one that won. Oh shit! That's right. He's the one who won. It was won. awesome. It was the best. That's right. Alone ever. He won. He won the big five hundred thousand. I bet she's gonna have a much nicer piece of woods now right. with five hundred thousand dollars in his pocket. Yeah, right. she hit the jackpot. She got There's a, a, a woodsy a, guy and money. <laughs> Love it. A rich woodsy guy. Yeah. Um, there's another site called preppergroups.com. You might check out. You can look for your state in that site. Have you checked it? I have checked it. Does it look there's like it's current and, co- and going? Is it ongoing or is it something old and um, look active? I didn't look at the dates, but I, I did read through stuff. <laughs> Are you telling me I should be looking at dates? <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I mean, uh, I, I, I saw a lot of these things years ago. When I back when I was looking for prepper groups, and it just seemed like a lot of them were, you know, a lot of the groups inactive. were out there, but they were not, yeah, inactive, exactly. You know, when are you going to start? When are you going to have your yeah. meeting? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? And I kept seeing, you know, people writing in, and, and nobody was responding to anybody. Well, this most recent post I see for Texas is July 16th, so it's a couple of months old, but it's still this year. Yeah, and plus COVID slowed everything down it anyway. It did. So. People were having trouble gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one actually for podcasting too. It's prepperbroadcasting.com. Oh, cool. How do I not know I, about that? I thought I'm a prepper and I have a podcast. How do I not you know? You need about to get the on there. That's actually where Mark uh, Boyle has way, I don't know how long ago it was, but he had mentioned connecting with other podcasters. Oh. Yeah, I like Mark Boyle. He's cool. All right. So that's uh, that's the lowest level of seeking out like minded people. Yeah, I okay. think. So the, the I guess the obvious answers to ways to finding existing prepper groups, you you would start with friends, family, church groups, workmates, you know, things like that. There are inherent problems, of course, when you go these routes, uh, because these people are close to you in your life, and if for any reason you don't want them in your group anymore. How do you kick them out? That's like hiring a relative. It is exactly <laughs> like hiring a relative. Yeah. How do you fire your brother-in-law for being a suck-ass employee? I don't know. It's, you know, so you, you go down that road. I hope he's not listening. Right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. You don't have to make, you don't have to create a prepper group with your family, your friends, your church group, your neighbors, your workmates. But you should definitely stay connected to them. You know, like networking with them. They can be sort of uh, quasi uh, prepper groups. They don't have to be your actual prepper group. But the fact that you have networked with these people would be really great in an SHTF situation, especially like in the in the current COVID, you know, pandemic situation that we're in, especially in the beginning, you know, when supplies are running low and shops didn't have things and people weren't going to work and maybe needed help or, you know, rides in their cars because they couldn't get out the gas station, whatever it was. You know, those that is a perfect way to to the perfect use of your friends and family and and uh, neighbors, church work workmates, things like that. So, 
anyway, you can start there. A lot of people do. You just got to be careful when you get involved in with you know people you know. So once you have a, a group around you, whether it's uh, occasional, occasional connections or you know common everyday connections, yeah. there's other things you could do together. Also, like attend some of the events that go on, which I know they've been drastically reduced by COVID, but there are still some uh, large events and gatherings happening around the country. Okay, like what? There was one that just happened on Friday called Prepper Camp, which was in North Carolina. Apparently, that was uh, the largest outdoor preparedness event in our country with 64 classes per day. Wow. Uh, eight classes an hour, eight hours a day for three days with 30 instructors and speakers. Wow. Um, camping, it's on a campground with uh, experiences like breaking, you know, you, you break bread with people, but you also experience. Um, learning situations while you're there and it's in the Appalachian mountains. How about that? Beautiful. Yep. And that area is very, very nice. I know exactly where it is that you're talking about. So I think we should, we should uh, put that on our calendar, you know, start next year. Yeah. Start looking at me. There might be a waiting list to get in there. That's true. Probably. So we should probably look into that and you know, whatever I'd really like to go to that. So that's like an activity based gathering. There's, there are others. There's one coming up on October 3rd called the Panhandle Preparedness Expo, which is in Sandpoint, Idaho, which is uh, also about learning. They have speakers and, and uh, you know, people to teach, Right. but they also have booths with vendors selling their preparedness items. So it's not so much about camping, it's but you still network. You meet people and right. learn things and buy things. What time of year? What uh, year? What month of year does it happen? That's a, that's actually on October third next weekend. Oh wow! Okay, so it's in the fall. So in Idaho, that would be a nice, cool event. That wouldn't be anything too hot, right? Which is good outdoor event that's cool. You know, there's another one that I don't camp in the heat ever. <laughs> I, I am 100 percent against that. Boycott that shit. Mm-mm, uh, if you're beside the water, it'd be fine. Besides nothing. If it's hot, <laughs> I can't sleep. Okay. My, my worst part of the zombie apocalypse is going to be sleeping in the summertime and outdoors without AC. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to be a very cranky prepper. <laughs> we better go somewhere with big, giant palm leaves. Uh, I need to go someplace you. where it's cold, where, there's, where they got snow on the ground. I can put my, my beer in the ice and have it nice and cold. There's another place called Mother Earth News. And I know that sounds kind of hippie-ish. But Definitely they have, sounds hippie-ish. <laughs> they have really cool stuff going on. Lots of workshops. If you can't be with the one you love. You know what they say. <laughs> Go ahead. They are all about homesteading. They they have some online learning. Um, I think some of this just started because of the you know the shutdown. Uh, it used to all be in person, but you can learn about aquaponics. Dehydrating yeah. food, caring for your chickens, all kinds of homesteading stuff. Yeah, homesteading is a whole next level of prepper kind of stuff you we're talking about. You know, people, you don't just become a homesteader. That's a that's a learned, it's a lifelong learning. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You've got some serious skills to learn there. But yeah, I'd like to uh, I'd like to get into that homesteading. I, I've learned lots of th- lots about homesteading, and and uh, I've got some friends that have started up homesteading, and I've worked a, worked a few odd jobs on their properties and it's tough it's definitely tough work until you have cleaned out a barn full of barn animals you do not know what work is until you have done that yeah. until you've smelled the the mm. uh, the feces floating in the air and and yeah it's in the, and the spiders crawling all over you is nasty chicken coops are the worst that's the worst smell <laughs> you can talk to my sister about that she had a big ass chicken coop for a while there until the wolves cleaned were, out my dad's chicken coop it. a few times 
What'd you say? The coyotes got to it. Oh no! Yeah, she had a. From what I understand, it was a really beautiful like. Uh, like a like a resort style chicken coop for chickens. It was a chicken massacre. And it was a chicken massacre. Yeah. That's awful. Well, have you heard of a mutual assistance group? Is that old people? <laughs> it does sound like a type of insurance. Um, oh, that's assisted living. I'm getting confused. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Mutual assistance group. Um, if you think about, let's think about uh, The Walking Dead. You remember Alexandria? The hilltop, some of those places. Okay, I know you're talking about Mag, Mag, M A G, mutual assistant group. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, there's actually different definitions for it. So some people think of it as the community, like like in The Walking Dead. But some of it, some uh, people don't go that far. They're just kind of like the meetup group, except without meetup. So they they know that if the shit hits the fan, they're all going to go to one spot together and they're all going to help each other. But they don't actually. They're more like neighbors helping each other, put it that way. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about the other kind where they all live together under one law. (laughs) Like a a compound? More or less, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. uh, Okay. So there's a whole lot. Are you talking about creating a group like that? Because I. No, being a part of one, not necessarily getting it started, but. Yeah, it's people that the definition I found was like-minded individuals who pledge to assist each other in a time of crisis. Okay, and I, and I was going to talk about this, uh, you know, in the creating your own prepper survivalist group portion of the show, which is coming up. Mm. Um, I had the part about the top skills, like what are the priority, what what skills are priority to have in your group? Ah, that's a great uh, question. Do you have answers to that? Uh, those are what I named off earlier. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously want someone that knows how to grow. Okay. You need someone that knows how to handle let's, medical situations. Yeah, let's go. Let's go way more basic than that. We'll start with okay. You got your yeah water. You got your air. You got your food. So you need someone shelter. that knows how to purify water. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, definitely. You need to have somebody who. Uh, you know what? In a long term SHGF situation, we've I think we've talked about this before. Um. You've got to have somebody around the clock who just works on water. Not, maybe not just somebody, but a few people who are just working on water. You've got to be able to find it, and you've got to be able to store it, filter it, clean it. It's a lot of work. It is a nonstop job. We, right now in our normal lives, we, we turn on a, a spigot and water comes out. We turn on the faucet and water comes out. Well, there are people out there in the world who are working 24-7 to make that water useful to us now, can you imagine having to prepare your water every night for the day, uh-uh. uh, use the next day uh-uh. <laughs> no and it's it's a lot of work it is you know finding it is one thing if you have a place where there's a source okay fine you're lucky i guarantee you stop leaving the faucet running yeah, while you're, you're not, brushing your teeth <laughs> you're, not, you're not doing that no and you've got to have a cistern or some type of a, of a, a storage you know a tank or, or a group of tanks uh, from there, you've got to be able to uh, move the water. That's a whole other issue. Uh, through you know through pipes, whatever you got to be able to move the water. Then you've got to be able to filter the water, okay, for regular use. And then for consuming it, you've got to be able to purify the water. Whether you're going to use uh, you know sand filters or boiling methods and you know things like that, uh, that's a lot of work. So in a prepper group, you need to have somebody who is. You know, you need to have a department, basically, that's working on water 
The same thing goes for your food. Uh, you're talking about people who know how to grow food, right? Grow food, gather food, right. identify food. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, which is why I say long-term food storage is a great way to start. Yes, you do need to learn how to grow your food. You absolutely do. So you'll need seeds and you'll need somebody who knows about all that stuff. You know, it's one thing I heard somebody early on in all podcasts, and I don't think you did too, talking about, well, I'm just going to grow all my own food. Okay, so they were talking about I can grow wheat and with wheat I can make bread and I can make cereal. <laughs> and I didn't realize until I actually heard that, you know, from a farmer who, who was talking on that podcast. He's absolutely right. You need a gigantic field of wheat to be able to produce enough wheat to make bread. You know, it's not like you can just grow it in a garden outside your backyard and all of a sudden you're going to have loaves of bread flowing out your front door. It doesn't work that way. You need to have acres and acres and acres of, of, uh, of wheat, healthy wheat, growing constantly every single year in order to be able to produce that type of food. So That's a, a lot of work also. It's a lot of work. If you had to... I mean, picking food, harvesting food from your garden is a lot of work, but imagine having to grind that shit. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. And make it into something. No. This is why we say that you've got to stay connected. You've got to have a group or a group with other several groups connected. Um, A community, basically. For long-term SHTF, you've got to be on the, uh, the goal, the plan, the forward projection of getting yourself to where you've got a community built. You've got multiple people, multiple families running multiple gardens and water sources and food sources. And you've got multiple people who have the security mindset, know how to keep your colony, your community, your neighborhood, your area, whatever it is, safe from outsiders, from anything. Uh, And that means self-defense. That means weapons. That means learning how to fight. You know, there are going to be people in the group that can't fight, that don't know how to fight. You need to have people that do know how to do all these things. How about clothing? Eventually, your clothing wears out. You can't Definitely just get, need a seamstress. You need something. You can't. <laughs> you can't just get on Amazon and, and order some new jeans or some new boots. You know. So these are all things to think about. Have you thought about? Um, well, we've kind of talked about the pros of a prepper group. What about the cons? Oh, there's a lot of cons. Let's go ahead and talk about creating your own prepper survivalist group let's do that now because this is really the meat of of everything obviously people are our greatest asset that's why you want to have a prepper group that's why you want to have a group of people okay uh number one i feel that number one trust is the key to recruitment you've got to be able to trust the people that are in your group we must be able to trust trust these people with our preps our gear uh, most importantly, our lives, the lives of our loved ones. They're going to be around these people. You got to know them. You got to trust them. Okay. You've got to stay away from the lazy tag along type of people. You got to remember that if a person is lazy in normal life, they will be lazy in an SHTF situation as well. You can't fix lazy. Now, maybe if you feel that you've got a person that uh, you want to be in your group, but they've got some characteristics that you don't like. Okay, you can offer them a chance to prove themselves. Okay, and you can do this by making them a prospect. Okay, a prospect is a candidate. It's somebody who's willing to prove themselves uh, that they belong before they actually belong. 
And you need to do all this before shit hits the fan. Before SHTF is when you need to be building your group, not during. You know, during an SHTF, you're screwed if you don't have a group. You're pretty much going to have to break all the rules to get there. Okay, you need to stay clear of arrogant people, control freaks. Um, There's a lot of them out there. These types of folks, they tend to be driven by power. Okay, They, they often desire the power of leadership without actually possessing the ability of leadership. And that's a bad situation. You got somebody who wants to be a leader but actually can't be a leader? Not good. Okay, they they will most likely make decisions based on their own betterment instead of the betterment of the group. That's not something that we could have in a prepper group. You can't have that. Uh, you need level-headed, even-tempered, uh, good decision-making individuals. Now, these usually make the best choices for the whole of the group. Those are the type of folks that you're that you're looking for. So you say, are there cons? Yeah, that's a con. The cons of having a prepper group are there may be people in your prepper group that are driven by power, that uh, you know, that want other people to work for them. Not good. There may be people that are over dramatic and overreactive also. That's another thing to watch out for. Yeah, and mental instability, uh, especially in a time of need, especially in an SHTF situation, uh, you know, you're gonna have people freaking out. Panicky people. Very panicky people. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that these people can't be in your group. I'm saying you need to know who they are. Plan for Plan how you're going to handle it. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Because they could be bringing things to the table that you need. You know, just got to be careful. And we um, all, <clears throat> excuse me, I was going to say we all have people in our lives that we love that are probably, pain you know, asses. in some of these categories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you need to form a leadership committee, okay? <clears throat> it is very important. This is extremely important. In fact, it's so important that I'm preparing a whole show just on leadership alone. It's it's that big of a deal. There's no one individual that should be the leader of the group. I firmly believe this. There are people out there right now saying, hell no. Mm-hmm. If I create a group, I'm the freaking leader, period. End of discussion. And that's the uh, narcissistic people. It is. And, and <laughs> honestly, folks, if you, I have joined groups or about to join groups in my, in my prepper life so far up until this time that uh, I've, I found I could see it right away that all that they were going to be the boss and everybody else fell under them. And there was no way I was going to be able to fit in that type of situation. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. There's a reason why successful companies have board members. Exactly. So a leadership group, a leadership committee actually is what I've always heard. I'm sure there's probably other names for, it, but that's what I've heard it called in the prepper community. You need to have one. Okay. Decisions that affect uh, and direct the future of the group. They should be made by the leadership committee, never by one single person ever. Okay, little decisions, little daily things. You can't control people's lives. But the big decisions that 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 are directing your group in a certain direction need to be processed through a, a leadership committee. Uh, you need to form a vetting process for recruitment. This is another thing. I'm not very good at vetting, but there are uh, very specific uh, procedures. And you know what? That's vetting. a skill set. It's a skill set. Mm-hmm. To be able to, um, sure is. What's the word that? Well, you, you're talking about being able to feel out a person. In, the intuition. Intuition. And, yeah. um, mm-hmm. So you form a vetting process. Uh, you know, a, a worst case scenario would be finding out that someone in your group is a thief. 
or a rapist? What about a pedophile? You can't have mentally unstable people in your group. You can't have violent people who encourage or advocate aggression towards other people or other groups. You can't have these people in your prepper group. You can't have somebody riling people up. That's not good. Or getting you into fights with other people in the world or with other groups. Not good either. So vetting is very, very important. When you are trying to create a group, whatever your avenue is, okay, you need to build up the number of interested people before setting the date and time of your first meet and greet. You want a, a really large group. You want a fairly large group of, of potential group members to show up at your first meet. If you want 10 people in your prepper group, you need to invite 20 people to join. If you want 20, you need to invite 30 or more. I can tell you from personal experience that upwards of at least half of the people that show up will not make the cut. Or they may think that you don't make the cut. They will not be in the group. So before your first meet and greet, spend some time getting those numbers up, getting the people up, getting it all prepared and organized, and then bring that big giant group of people to wherever your meet's going to be. Okay, have your first meeting in a, you need to pick a neutral location, like a public park or a rentable space, like a meeting hall at a local hotel, which is what I did, which is what we did. I didn't actually organize it. Never, ever meet at your private residence. I've seen this a lot on Meetup, and I think it's really stupid. You know, people organizing the first meetup at their house, that's just stupid. You know, or their workplace, if they have like a, you know, an area at their workplace where they can meet in, in you know, like a conference room. Nope, not good at all. You don't want to have your first meetup anywhere that can be traced back to you personally because you don't know these people. And half of them, like I said, are not going to be in your group when the time comes. They're not. So the first meet and greet should be exactly that. It should be an hour or so to meet with each other. Uh, find out who each person is. Um, this is the time you want to break bread, you know, talk to each other. Each person, you can go around the room and each person can tell who they are, where they came from and where they're wanting to go and why they do what they do, why they are a prepper. Uh, you will not make any decisions about membership at the first meet and greet. You will not. Okay, what will happen, though, is you will pick out of the crowd some of your leadership committee. You're going to see them right away. If you're the person that's, you know, organizing this meetup, that's organizing this, putting this group together, you're going to start picking out people. It's going to be natural to you. You're going to start picking them out that that could be a leader. This person can be a leader. Okay. You're going to definitely uh, find a few folks that are perfect for leadership. Okay. And after the first meet and greet is over, you want to stay in direct contact with those individuals. Okay. Through email or messaging, you should immediately begin picking potential candidates for your group at that point. Because you don't want to wait too long because they'll find other groups to go to. Now, keep in mind that that each of you will have friends and family that come with you into the group. This is something that we always forget. Okay, These are things that need to be hashed out prior to accepting a person into membership. Okay, You don't want to find out later that a member has a, a spouse, six kids, three grandkids, four in-laws with all their families, and 15 dogs that are coming with them. You, this is what's going to happen. I've been there. I'm telling you right now, this will happen. Okay. Remember, people are a package deal. When you bring somebody in your prepper group, they know people that are coming with them. It's, it's, it's guaranteed. It's a package deal. You're taking their people with you. So you need to hash all this out beforehand. Trust me when I tell you, kicking somebody out 
of your prepper group sucks. I know I've been there. I've had to do it. And it's really bad. It sucks. It's hardcore. Not someplace I like to be. So that's pretty much it on creating a prepper group. I've got other shows planned to talk about, um, you know, all the the intricacies of it and uh, like forming a leadership group and vetting, things like that. What else do you have over there on your side of the table, Rhonda? Well, I was going to talk about some of the things that could go wrong that you want to think about in advance. Okay. So, you, you know, you need to understand how you're going to deal with it before it happens. One of those is something you've already mentioned about um, discovering that your personalities are, you know, different. And you're not getting along the way you had hoped. Yeah. So you need to consider, you know, what's going to happen. Happens to rock bands all the time. Um, what if um, everyone lives too far away from each other to actually be of assistance? So think about the location of the people in the group. That okay. seems to be a common uh, occurrence that I found online when I was researching. Oh, okay. So uh, you're you know, hoping that when you're finding people, however, however method that is, through Meetup or whatever, Facebook, you're hoping that they're not 100 miles away or 200 miles away. They're hoping that they're within a certain distance. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Even if they're 60 miles away, that's an hour drive. Right. Not something you want to do unless you have to. Yeah. Um, unequal abilities. You've mentioned that also. There may be people with lesser abilities, and you can't start resenting those people. What you need to do is start teaching those people. Agreed. Um, yep unequal expectations and i think that's probably one of the most common obstacles that happens expectations Mm -hmm. so that needs to be very clear up front what's expected of each person yes and within your own family even yeah uh, because it is a family decision if someone if one person turns sour how's that going to be dealt with (laughs) yeah you know when i was in the in the process of, of building a prepper group what I found out there were a lot of folks who really wanted to get into the into prepping, but were not, hadn't even started yet. Um, guys, this is these are not the people you want in your prepper group right away. The people that come into your group need to bring something to the table. They need to have s- uh, supplies, stock, storable food, ways of of uh, of surviving on their own. Okay, there are a lot of people out there that are looking to join prepper groups so they can have your stuff. And I don't mean stealing it. I mean, you know, mooching off of it. No, I actually saw a couple of stories where people attended some of these groups and there was a person that was led into the group that stole from people. So that's why the vetting is so important. Yeah. So in other words, they found out where all their stuff was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is, yeah, you gotta be very careful. When I, when we had our very first meet and greet, we discussed right off the bat that nobody was going to be talking about their preps, where their preps were, where they were storing their preps, where they lived, if they owned property, where that property was. Nobody was giving out directions to anything. Uh, None of that was going to take place until the actual final formation of the group was made. And even then, it was whether or not you wanted to. And I can tell you right now, nobody gave all their stuff away. They said, yeah, I've got four months of supplies when they actually had eight. Yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've got, you know, I've, I have two ways of lighting fire when they actually had ten. Right. You know, they never, you know, they had five hundred rounds of ammo, but they actually had five thousand. Nobody mm-hmm. was giving anything away, and that's smart. Don't do that. When shit hits the fan, then you can start bringing your stuff and say, "Look what I've got." You don't want to bring it out beforehand. And ever. it's like any relationship that you develop, you have to build trust over time before you share everything. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's stuff that I got hidden from Rhonda. She don't even know about it. So I'm That's just, what he thinks. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, when the time comes, boom, I hit the road, I'm good to go. You know what I'm saying? The last one I had on that note is uh, the possibility of losing some of your privacy. So if you do join one of the mutual assistant groups where you live on the property together, if the time comes, or some of them are actually living on property together now. I don't um, like it. That could lead to losing some privacy. Yeah, so that's a big decision mm-hmm. to make. I don't like it because in the real world, one of those people own that property. That's mm-hmm. it. That's what it comes down to. A couple of guys who were in my prepper group, we had found a, a, another prepper group that was starting up that had a bunch of land. Okay, And they one of the people that we didn't take into our group found them and then contacted us back again. I said, hey, I found these people. They're pretty good. You want to take a take a look at it? So we met them in a park, just like I said, in a, in a local park. Uh, there was about five or six people there, and me and this other guy went, and we talked to them. And they had a, supposedly had a piece of property. And what they were doing was the people that joined their group were working on the property to get it set up like an encampment, you know, with buildings and all that stuff. My problem with that is only that one guy owns that property. Now, in real life, what happens when... He doesn't want people around anymore. He's gotten all these preppers to come to his place and build them up a nice place, cut trees down and make log cabins and do the things that he was trying to do, dig wells. And then trespassing. Nope, mm-hmm. can't come on my property no more. I'm no longer a prepper. <laughs> right? No. It not, happen. Nope, nope, not going to happen. Could, it could happen for any number of reasons. No. Look, if you, if you join a prepper group, okay, and you've got some people, that, you've got a person, let's say, that has land. And they say, well, we can all go out to my land and we can work on it this weekend. You're paying me. I'm getting paid for that work. It's not free. Okay. You want me to come out and cut trees down? Let's discuss what that's going to cost you. <laughs> because in the end, you're still the person who owns that land. I don't own that land. It's not and I don't have you. permission to go there when shit hits the fan. And even if I did, you can still kick me off your land. Have no legal right to the land. No legal right. So yeah, you want me to do work on your property? Let's talk about it up front. I want payment for my skills. Some of the other things to think about are more looking inward at yourself or your family, and you know, considering how well do you and the people that are with you operate under stress with with other people. So like teamwork, but under stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are better off not being around other people during stressful situations. That's just a fact. That's true, too. You're right about that, yeah. Uh, we already talked about different skills you might be able to offer or equipment or, uh, you know, whatever you have. But what about participating regularly? How, what is your commitment level to be a part of this before SHTF? That's mm-hmm. something serious because everybody works. Everybody has family events. Uh, so you have to think about how much time you can actually commit to being a part of something. You got to hash all that stuff out first. Um, you know, we were talking. You were just talking about um, how to get to know somebody, how they would react in a situation, or this and that. You know, they say the best way to know somebody is to get into a fight with them. I mean, I've, I've heard that before. You, <laughs> That's you, probably you, true. You can know people by just going out on a hike. You know, getting out in the woods with your packs. Going on a hike, staying overnight, and hiking back, and make it a weekend. And I promise you, one or a couple of these outings, you're going to know your these people really, really well. You're going to know which ones at at four miles in are stressed. <laughs> that can't you know, handle it. That made me think of the 
you know, that, that are, that are scared of every noise that happens. that don't know how to do anything mm-hmm. that can't handle the pressure. You have to make a decision at that point. Do you want to keep them? Do you want to teach them? Do you want to make them better? You know, these are the things you want to talk about, but yeah, there's definitely ways of getting to know the people in your group before SHTF. And you should be doing that. You should be going on outings and excursions and different types of, things. you know, like you were saying about going to places and taking classes. It's a, it's a great thing to do with a prepper group, sign up for classes like for, um, for shortwave radio, for homesteading, for beekeeping, for things like that. Is that why you took me to West Texas and got stuck in the mud early yep. on? That's exactly right. I was testing your skills out. <laughs> testing my panic level. <laughs> yeah, you did pretty good. Uh, I, I I did bad when I was sitting there on a rock up on a mountaintop, looking at over the uh, looking at over about thirty five miles of of desert. And I looked down to my right and found a massive five-inch tarantula sitting next to me and jumped and screamed like a little girl <laughs> until realizing that it was Rhonda playing one of her little tricks on me and put a rubber a spider on the, the rock I next was, to me. I was yeah. testing your panic level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You knew all about me in that five seconds. Mm-hmm. Here's a question. I don't do spiders. <laughs> nope. I found that out. I nope. had to lay off the spider jokes. Yeah. No more of that. Will I stay with the group indefinitely, or will there be situations that come up that may cause me to evacuate? Oh yeah, got you, something to consider. Yeah, you got to be fluid. You got to be. It's got to be a fluid situation. If you're in a prepper group, look, this is about survival. If you're in a prepper group and you're not liking something, get out. Uh, if you're in a prepper group and you find a better prepper group, get out. If you're in a prepper group and you think you can form a better one, get out. It's a fluid situation. You do not have to stay with it. Well, but think about this in an SHTF scenario. If this is the group I've chosen and the shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. what kind of situations are going to make me abandon that group? Because it not could many. happen. Not many. No. You definitely have to find a new home first. You're not You're not just going to go out on, the, out on your own alone. It's not going to happen. No. Because in an SHTF no rule of law situation... The only safe place, if you want to call it that, is going to be with your group. As soon as you venture out into the world, you've got your lone wolves out there. And that's exactly what they are. They are predators. Okay? And they are surviving on your preps. Not Morgan. (laughs) Not Morgan. (laughs) You're talking about Walking Dead? Yeah. Yeah, Morgan. Yeah, total bullshit. (laughs) Sorry, but yeah. And 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 weren't, weren't those people also called the wolves? They had the W's on there. Some of them were. Yeah, there foreheads. was a team called the yeah, Wolves. That's right. Yep. They were also the Whisperers. And that's what they do. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they, they're out there. They'll be out there and they steal from you. Oh, what about Terminus? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> nasty. Terminus. <laughs> All right. Here's the last thing I'm going to offer up. Yeah. There's a website, uh, a gentleman named Charlie Hogwood. He's an Army veteran with decades of experience in survival and preparedness. He has a website called ReadyGoPrep.com. Cool. Um, it says, for over a decade, we have worked with individuals and groups to build their networks in time of disaster. So they actually help people build up their networks with advice. And he has a couple of books out on that topic. He's got books out, too. One of them's called The Survival Group Handbook, How to Plan, Organize, and Lead People for Short or Long-Term Survival oh, Situations. Wow. And then there's the MAGS, The People Part of Prepping, How to Plan, Build, and Organize a Mutual Assistance Group. In a I think we situation. should reach out to him and see if we can't get him on as a guest. I think he'd put, bring a lot to the table oh, for us. Oh, definitely. Our listeners would like to learn a few things from him. Yeah. Let's do that. Awesome. So, That's yeah, awesome. we're uh, we're pretty we're pretty long and uh, going long here with this podcast. I'm so done. we need to, uh, yeah, we need to get, get going here. 
Uh, we can talk a lot more about, uh, you know, about choosing the right people for your prepper group. We can do that. Talk about vetting and um, uh, leadership committees, that sort of thing. We'll, we'll put together a few things for that. But for tonight, that's going to be pretty much it. What do you got? I have, my, I have my new prepper pen pal girl. What's that? <laughs> oh, you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, actually developed a pen pal type of uh, friendship with um, Tamara. So we write back and forth and share stories and talk about oh, cool. what's been going on. It's been kind of fun. She's uh, one of our listeners. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's great. All right, guys. Look, stay prepped. Stay happy. Thanks for listening. And good night. The OG Chicks team would like to thank all of you for being here with us tonight. Send your questions, comments, show ideas, and thoughts to shtf at offgridtx.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, good, bad, or indifferent. shtf at offgridtx.com. Visit our site at offgridtx.com. That's offgridtx.com. I am Camel Keith. This is the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show, and we are Offgrid Texas. Prepping, surviving, living, thriving. Thriving.